Amen. Our Savior is alive. He is resurrected, and we can worship him because he is alive. Amen. Thank you, Jan. Well, good morning, and I, too, want to wish you and your family a wonderful and blessed Easter, and we are glad that you are here worshiping and celebrating our resurrected Lord today. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Matthew chapter 28? Matthew chapter 28, and we'll be reading verses 1 to 10. And if you are able to, would you stand as we read God's word? Matthew 28, starting from verse 1, says, Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that we can worship a resurrected Savior. We thank you, O oh God, for this opportunity to worship you on this Easter Sunday. And we pray that you would speak to us through your holy word. May your Holy Spirit come and speak through, it's through me and to me and, through, and each, through your word and to each one. And so we commit this time into your hands and we ask for your spirit to move and have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. If I told you that I had a present for you, this present right here, and I told you that there was something really, really special in there, Bobita. This present is for you. You would probably want to know what it is, right? You would probably be anxious to know what is it that she has in that bag? What is it that she says is so special and you'd be wanting to open it? Do you want, do you want to open it? Okay, come on up. All right. So I have a very special present. Does anyone want to guess what it is? No? What do you think it is, Bobita? I have no clue. You have no clue. Okay. It's very special. Okay. Open it carefully. <laughs> There's nothing in there, right? You know, if, if someone told you they had something special for you and you opened nothing, you'd probably be a little disappointed, right? You'd probably, you could keep the bag though. You, know, you keep the bag. There, there you go. <laughs> but, but 
if someone told you that they had something special for you and you open it and there's nothing there. There's nothing to celebrate. There's no reason to be happy. There's no reason to be excited. However, on this day, God gives us a reason to be excited about an empty tomb. He gives us a reason to be excited about something that is empty. We can celebrate an empty tomb today for many, many reasons. We can celebrate an empty tomb because it reminds us that Jesus was crucified for us. It reminds us of God's sacrifice for us. The scripture tells us that early in the morning, the, the women went to the tomb. They went to the tomb expecting to mourn outside of a sealed tomb expecting it to be sealed and to weep and to mourn because Jesus had been crucified on the Friday. And so they go to the tomb expecting that that was going to happen. You see, on Friday when we celebrated Good Friday, it is a celebration because of what Jesus did for us. On the Friday, Jesus was beaten, he was mocked, he was betrayed, and ultimately he was crucified for us. And if Jesus hadn't taken our place, if Jesus hadn't been crucified on that Friday, there wouldn't have been a tomb for the women to go to. And so the empty tomb reminds us that Jesus Christ was crucified for us. You see, I want that to really sink in, that because of God's great love for us, he did what was necessary in order for us to be saved. Amen. In order for us to be forgiven and redeemed, he came, God in the flesh, in the form of Jesus, to take our place. And he suffered a humble death because he wanted us to have the opportunity to be forgiven and spend eternity with him. You see, God gave the ultimate sacrifice. He had a salvation plan in place before the foundation of the world was laid. His plan of love for his people. And it was prophesied about many times, hundreds of years before it actually happened. Like in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 2 to 6, it says, There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was for our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God for punishment for his own sins but he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Amen. You see, God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to take our place. And we can celebrate the empty tomb because it reminds us of just that. 
It reminds us of the sacrifice that God gave because of his love for each and every one of us. You see, Jesus took all of our sins. He took our guilt. He took our shame. He took everything that has ever been done, past, present, and future to come. And it was laid upon him. God restored us. He restored that relationship to him. And so, my friends, don't walk around carrying that heavy burden of sins. Don't walk around carrying your past. Don't walk around carrying the things that you've done anymore because Jesus died to save us. And thank God we can lay them down. Thank God that there is forgiveness. Thank God that we can be made whole. Amen? Amen. Amen. We can celebrate the empty tomb because it reminds us of God's sacrifice on our behalf. So the women came to the tomb. And they came expecting to mourn outside of this sealed tomb. The stone was placed in front of the tomb. And it was a, like a large boulder, probably weighing upwards of two tons. Not only that, but the Romans had also sealed it so that no one would be allowed to move it without their permission. And the women came expecting to find that tomb sealed with the seal that the Romans had placed on it. However, when they came, what they found was something that they weren't expecting. What they found was something that they weren't even ready or prepared for because they never thought that it was going to happen. What they found was that Jesus wasn't there. Jesus wasn't there. You see, these words changed everything. When the angel said, he is not here, he has risen from the dead just as he said he would. Those words changed absolutely everything. That the fact that Jesus was no longer there, he was no longer in the tomb. You see, we can celebrate an empty tomb because it gives us proof that Jesus isn't there anymore. It gives us proof that Jesus isn't in that sealed tomb anymore. Throughout history, many people have argued different theories about why Jesus wasn't in that tomb. Many people have come up with things like, well, he didn't really die. Or his body was moved from one location to another. Maybe the women went to the wrong tomb. Maybe the disciples stole his body. There were many theories that people had come up with. And you know why I think many theories came up? They came up with many theories because it's easier to believe that something like that happened than to acknowledge that Jesus really was who he said he is, that he is the son of God, that he is our risen savior. And so people have come up with all of these different excuses. But you see, the one thing that Jesus said is that he had said to his disciples what was going to happen. He had explained that this was going to happen in different ways. For example, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, it says, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders 
the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. You see, Jesus claimed that this was going to happen. Jesus claimed that not only would he be crucified, not only would he die, but that on the third day, he would be raised to life again. And not only do we have Jesus' claim, but we also have records of hundreds of people who also claim to witness the resurrected Jesus. My friends, it cannot be ignored, the truth that Jesus is alive. He is alive. The stone that sealed the tomb was not rolled away so that Jesus could get out. The stone that sealed the tomb was not rolled away so that Jesus could get out. You know why it was rolled away? So that others could get in to see that he wasn't there anymore. So that we could see that he is risen indeed. Jesus didn't need that stone to be rolled away in order to exit the tomb because upon his resurrection, he was now no longer limited to the same things that we are in human bodies. He was in his resurrected state, but it was rolled away as proof, as evidence for us to see that he isn't there anymore in the tomb, just as he promised. You see, we celebrate today because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. We celebrate both Good Friday and Easter Sunday together. You can't have one without the other. Because if Jesus was crucified but had not resurrected, then there would be nothing to celebrate. But if Jesus was resurrected without being crucified, it wouldn't make sense. And so we need both the crucifixion and the resurrection in order to celebrate, in order for our faith to make sense. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14 says, And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless, and our faith is useless. You see, if Christ is not alive, if he had not been raised, then it doesn't make sense for us to be here. It doesn't make sense for us to worship. It doesn't make sense for us to believe. But he is alive. If Christ had not risen, then we are not forgiven. And there would be no salvation. If Christ had not risen, then there would be no hope for an eternity with God. If Christ had not risen, then there would be no reason to rejoice. But my friends, today and every day, we can celebrate because we serve a risen Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. We serve a God who is alive, who is seated on the throne, and because Jesus claimed to be who he said he is, and because he is truthful, we can take him at his word and we can trust him. We can trust God because we can believe what he says because he has proved himself over and over and over again. You see, we can trust God to provide for all of our needs. We can trust God to direct our path. We can trust God to help us overcome the challenges and temptations that we face. We can trust God to help us live by faith. 
We can trust God for eternal life that he's promised through faith and trust in him. My friends, we have a God who we can trust because he is faithful and true and he has proved himself over and over again. We can celebrate because Jesus is no longer in the tomb. He is alive. You see, on our cross, Jesus isn't there because he's not, in the, he's not on the cross anymore and he's not in the grave. He is alive and he cares for each and every one of us. We can trust him. We can also celebrate the empty tomb because it demonstrates God's power over death and the grave. It demonstrates God's power. You see, Jesus' death and resurrection changed everything. I want you to imagine what it was like throughout that time. It's Friday, and Jesus had just been stripped and beaten. Once he was nailed to the cross, his body hung there as he suffered a slow and a painful death. God placed the weight of every sin and curse upon him to bear. He, he hung there looking out at the very people who had once welcomed him in, who he healed and, and taught and, and lived among for the, that time on earth. Yet they rejected him. They turned their back on him. They betrayed him. But as he took his final breath, as he took his final breath and he uttered the words, it is finished, that separation from God was now complete. It was now finished and we were now restored. And as he took his final breath and closed his eyes and he gave up his spirit, heaven looked away temporarily. Heaven looked away as the son of God was laid in darkness. But that wasn't the end. You see, then there was a battle that happened in the grave. There was a battle that went on, and the war on death was waged. And God's power prevailed, breaking the power of sin, death, and the grave, and gaining victory over it. But that wasn't the end. Then came that morning. Then came that Sunday morning that sealed the promise that God had made to his people. The ground began to shake. The ground began to shake and the stone was rolled away because God's perfect love could not be overcome. Then he arose triumphantly as victor and as king. He arose triumphantly from the grave and he is alive, conquering death. We can celebrate. We can celebrate because the lamb who was humbly led to the cross now is the roaring lion who declares that the grave has no claim on us. The roaring lion has declared that you are set free and who the sun sets free is free indeed. Praise God.
Praise God. Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. Jesus says, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. You see, we can celebrate the empty tomb because it demonstrates God's power over sin, death, and the grave. It demonstrates that because God conquered it, because he arose and he conquered death, we no longer need to fear death. But those who die in Christ can die with the assurance that we will be with him one day. That we can have confidence because he has defeated death. Now, as believers, we can ask with confidence, death, where is your sting? Death, where is your victory? Because our resurrected king has rendered you defeated. We can live triumphant lives because of what Jesus did. Death has lost its grip on us, so we need not fear. My friends, when we die in Christ, we don't have to grieve as the rest of the world grieves, who have no hope, because our hope is in him. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, the one who holds the keys of death. He holds the keys, and he lets us in. There's a beautiful song called, What a Beautiful Name. And you may have heard it. We've sung it. But I want to read some of these lyrics to you. And I want you to think about these lyrics. It says, death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. And listen to this. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Indeed, Jesus Christ is our living hope. He is our living hope and we can celebrate the empty tomb today. You see, the saddest day in history and the greatest day in history are only three days apart. We can celebrate. One author writes, in that moment, we were redeemed. In that moment, we were set free. Jesus Christ paid the full price of our sins. We are no longer slaves to our past. We are no longer shackled by heavy burdens for whom the sun sets free is free indeed. He goes on to say, what looked like the worst day turned into the best day. It was the darkest night before the brightest dawn. As man was given the gift of eternal life, it was a gift we will never be able to repay. You see, the situation that seemed hopeless, the situation that seemed absolutely awful, God turned into good, and we can celebrate because that's the kind of God we serve. 
One who takes things that are bad and he turns them into good. You see, many people would have thought that was the end. There was no coming back from Jesus' crucifixion. But God changed all of that. And in the same way, my friends, that same power that raised Christ from the grave is the power that lives in us. Is the power that lives in us through God's Holy Spirit. And so I want to remind you that whatever it is that you may be going through right now, Whatever it is that you may be faced with, whatever awful situation you have found yourself in, know that God is able to take what is bad and turn it into something good. He is able to take our situations from what seems like the darkest hour and move it to the brightest dawn. We can have hope in him because of the empty tomb. The angels said to the women, Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. You see, Jesus told them to go, go and tell the disciples, go and tell them to come, go and tell them what has happened. You see, we can celebrate the empty tomb because the good news is for everyone who will believe. The good news that Jesus is alive is for all who will believe. Jesus didn't die so that some of us could be saved. Jesus didn't die so that some of us could inherit eternal life. He died so that the opportunity could be for all who believes. Those who believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And so I ask you, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Because that promise, that gift of salvation that Jesus died for, the gift that he paid such a high price for is for all who will believe. Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus forgives you? Do you believe that his gift of salvation is for you? Do you believe that he is the living God? Do you believe that through him you will inherit eternal life? Do you believe? Because that's what he asks. He asks, do you believe? Because all who believe in him will be saved. In this moment, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter even what sins you've committed. What matters is what you do in this moment with that. You see, we can come before God humbly. And when we truly repent of our sins and we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and we choose to live a life that is pleasing to him and that is according to his word, he tells us, you are saved. You are saved. Jesus tells us, I am the way the truth, and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. My friends, today we have the opportunity. Today we have that opportunity on this Easter Sunday, on this Resurrection Sunday, to place our faith and trust in Jesus. And so I ask you, if you have not yet done it, today is one of the best times that you could choose to do that, to believe in him and be certain of his promise and his word. May we also be like the women who ran enthusiastically, who were excited to share the good news. The scripture tells us that they were afraid but filled with joy. And as we go out into our everyday life, I know that it can be scary to tell people about Jesus. I know that it can be hard to start a conversation and ask your family about their relationship with God. I know that it can be awkward sometimes to bring it up with your friends. I know that it can be uncomfortable to talk about it when everything else seems so easy to talk about, the weather and politics, sports, and all the things going on in the world. But my friends, the women were afraid, yet filled with joy because of the good news. And may we go out into this world filled with joy because of what God has done, not only for us, but for all who will believe. And we have the opportunity to tell other people. And so may you go into your everyday lives and be excited to tell people what God has done. May you be excited to share the good news about Jesus. May you be God's mouthpiece. May you be his hands and feet. May you be his ambassador that stands and is proud to represent him wherever you go. Taking the good news with you to school, when you hang out with your friends, when you're on your lunch break at work, at family gatherings, when you're waiting at the bus stop, when you're talking to a stranger, may you be as eager as those women were who went to share the good news and tell the disciples that Jesus is alive and the tomb is empty. In his class, Philip's teacher introduced a special project. He gave everyone a plastic egg and explained that each child was to go outside and find a symbol of new life and put it in the egg. So enthusiastically, the class ran out and the eggs began to be filled. The children came back and each one was excited to explain what they had put in their egg. One child first said, I have a flower. It represents new life. In the next one was a beautiful butterfly that represents new life. While the third had green grass, the children ooed and awed at the things that they found in the eggs. In another was a rock, which prompted much laughter. And finally, Philip's egg was open, the last egg, but there was nothing inside of it. That's stupid, one child said. Another grumbled, he didn't do it right. The teacher felt a tug on his shirt, and it was Philip who said, you asked us to put a symbol of new life, right? The teacher said, yes. Teacher, Philip said, that's exactly what I did, because the tomb was empty. It is a symbol of new life.
the words that changed history. He is not here. He is risen just as he said he would. God has given us many reasons to celebrate an empty tomb. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us hope for eternal life, new life with him in heaven one day. Praise God that our Redeemer lives. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for what you have accomplished. We thank you, God, that you are so awesome, that you are so powerful, that you are greater and stronger and bigger than our minds will ever be able to comprehend in this life. And God, we thank you because you defeated death and now you hold the keys to death and the grave. And because of that, we can have full confidence knowing that we can have eternal life in you. And so, God, we thank you for the forgiveness that we find in you. We thank you for the salvation. We thank you for the healing. We thank you for all that we can find in the name of Jesus. And so, God, today I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray that you would speak to each one once again, that you would remind us of your power and your authority, not over death, but in every aspect of our lives. And so, God, we thank you for the hope that we have in you, for the living hope that we find in Jesus Christ. And we pray for your blessings. We pray that you would have your way. But, Lord, we understand that it is because of your amazing love for us. It's because of your amazing love that you stayed on the cross. It's because of your amazing love that you sent your son Jesus to die in our place. It's because of your amazing love that you did what you did. And we thank you. We worship you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We worship you for who you are. And we give you the highest praise in the powerful name of your son Jesus, we pray. Amen.